Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Grogan with Solutions for Solopreneurs. Uh, we are continuing our series, Journey to Entrepreneurship. Today, our guest is Kelly Perkins, and um, I'll allow her to introduce herself in just a second, but I want to make sure that you know that you're in the right place. So if you are someone who's thinking about starting a job or uh, starting a career as an entrepreneur or um, one that has just started down this journey to entrepreneurship, I want to make sure that you know that no matter where you are in your life, no matter how old you are, no matter your socioeconomic status, none of that matters. If you want to start a business, you can. And here, you're going to hear the stories of people who made the decision to do just that. They're going to talk about their struggles, their obstacles, and how they overcame it. Because one thing about being, becoming an entrepreneur, you learn more about yourself than you learn about other people. And that's why it's important to hear the stories of other entrepreneurs. So Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Can you go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself and tell us about your business? Uh, hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, and yes, my business is really focused on real estate more than anything else. So I do buy homes, I do sell them. Um, and we also run Airbnbs as well. So we run Airbnbs in two cities now, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina and Jacksonville, Florida, which is pretty exciting to move to our to our second city. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and basically we do um, all types of real estate uh, transactions. So if there's a house that needs, you know, a little bit of repair, we can come in and buy them. Um, and sometimes we will sell them. Sometimes we'll hold them. It just depends on uh, if the house is going to fit our business model. Where we're going, we would like to move to commercial units very soon and more specifically multifamilies. Uh, and then on the Airbnb side, what we'd like to do is be as global as possible. That's a pretty ambitious goal, but I think it, I think it can be possible um, to be global and to do uh, as much as we can to provide excellent stays for people. That's amazing. So you're looking at buying or leasing property all over the world to incorporate into your B&B. I would love to do that. Yes, especially, you know, in specific cities that uh, allow B&B and that allow um, for a bit of innovation and they allow for people to really experience something a little different. Right, right. So it's more of, so it would be more of an experience rather than just um, having somewhere to stay. Yeah. Uh, so like some of our, um, some of our B&Bs, they offer like fenced in backyards or, you know, things for your pup. And, you know, you can sleep maybe six to eight people at that. That's a very unique thing to be able to do uh, when you go out of town, you know, a lot of times you have to stay with a relative, but with Airbnb, they kind of make it possible for you to say, wow, I could actually split this house with a couple people for a weekend, have a great time, bring my dog or my cat, right. <laughs> I've got people with cats, <laughs> and just have a great time in a brand new city. Um, yeah. It opens up a whole new world of travel for folks. Um, another one of our Raleigh locations, it does sit on a small lake, so you can fish at your Airbnb, um, make a little Ooh. quick meal, and have a great time doing just, you know, doing that. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to move to more of a resort style. That would be very cool. I'm not sure how that would be run just yet, but something a little more luxury would be great, but we do offer 
we try to offer amazing stays at also good prices for, for, you know, you get a good amount for your, for your book. Right. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And because the travel industry has been hit so hard um, during this pandemic, um, I know that it's going to come back with a vengeance. Um, mm -hmm. And there are always so many innovative ways um, yeah. to, you know, go to the next level when it comes to travel. Um, I have no doubt that it's going to bounce back. So, um, so tell us how you got started um, with your business endeavor. Like where, where did that bug first hit you? Um, the bug first hit me. I always tell people this cause they're always like, how did you <laughs> even think about real estate? Cause your background is more in science, but the bug first hit me as a child. So I have to commend my father for introducing me to the book, rich dad, poor dad. I know you guys, mm -hmm. a lot of people read that book. Um, and he also did real estate himself, which was so cool. One of the best things probably that ever happened to me in my life was to allow him, what he allowed us, excuse me, to be a part of his real estate endeavors. How cool is that? Probably not a lot of kids do that with their, with their, with their parents, but it really taught me how to make good decisions. And I think it taught me, you know, if you make a bad decision, maybe this is how you would fix it or try not to do these things, you know? Right. So in, in business, there are, things that are taught by osmosis rather than, you know, instruction, you know, look on this chalkboard, write these notes down, you know. So when you talk about being involved in those um, business endeavors, there's so much that you learned that he wasn't intended to teach you and you weren't intending to learn. However, when you have children, how do you see yourself passing on that type of um, knowledge and experience? Um, well, yeah, I guess just being around it, you pick up way more than you think. So I'm not sure if that was actually intentional on my dad's part. Some of it, you're probably right, it was. And some of it, he was like, oh, you guys got that. And it was really cool. Um, so if I have children, then I think, you know, it will, some of it will be the same. We would do things together I mean we painted houses when we were a little at times so that was fun and then probably their education would be extensive they would need to be reading books and a lot of people say things like oh they're only four or they're only six yeah kids are smart they can start reading early on and having some patience I think is great but they can also learn things at a very early age I don't think we need to wait I saw something on YouTube about a child and they started their business at six years old. Wow. They yeah. started one. Yeah. And it was really cool. Their parents let them do that. And that's, that's all right. ABCs, right. they got that down. So I guess they can go ahead and go to the secretary. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, because I want a lot of parents to really understand and, and get what you're saying. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of teenagers nowadays who know what their parents do, but not how they do it and why they do it and the things that they could learn from being more exposed 
um, to the business. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, starting kids at a young age and, you know, I, I could just picture you guys um, having fun painting a house, you know, doing some demo, you know, how cool would it be to be eight years old swinging a sledgehammer? That's what we did. We, were, we weren't eight. I was maybe like 13 or something, but we, I definitely awesome. Yeah. that is amazing yeah i mean can you that must have been very empowering for you yeah because i was coming out of a time that wasn't so great so yeah it was it was empowering and um it was smart it was definitely genius on my dad's part to just say i mean why not why not try it why not try this why not let them see how this works you know I, I definitely get there's a disconnect um and I'm not a parent so I don't really know but I'm sure there's a disconnect with like kids that don't get to actually experience that are just like in the dark a little bit about what actually is happening what's right. actually going on what right. is a what is you know what's an EIN number what are what is that you know what are these different little intricacies so yeah 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 so you mentioned um a not so great part can you Talk a little bit about, you know, what was going on in your life before that and how did that affect your, um, your mindset? Yeah. I mean, I had some struggles, you know, in, in the past, in my childhood. And I think that, you know, really the real estate stuff was kind of maybe more of an outlet, you know, kind of, you know, if you could take that sledgehammer and knock a wall down that's super 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 cool in the moment and you kind of it kind of distracts you from the things that are going on or that did happen with whoever and you can kind of just move past it easier when your mind is focused on something that is going to benefit you and I think that was really really another very smart thing Um, maybe my dad didn't intend that so much but it was just really smart because I got to focus on the specifics of my work a little bit more and I got to see some of the rewards from it so you know hard times I think for kids there's just a point where you got to say okay this was hard but how do we move forward and get you to a point where you're 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 better how do we get you to a point where your relationships turn out better where your you know your business could turn out better and that was very smart um, on his part to let us do what we did right that's awesome so when your um your voice in your head your inner critic um starts starts talking to you what are some of the things that 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 it says and how do you combat that what what's your you know solution um my inner voice now or when i was a child your inner voice now yeah, my inner voice now can be both good and not so great. So I think sometimes it can kind of keep me in check so I don't procrastinate. Mm. So sometimes she'll say, you know, hey, you didn't get that done today or you didn't, you know, kind of focus like you should have. And then other times it can be you should have worked harder even though you worked 14 hours a day. Okay, yeah. So there's a, a good, there's a balance between, I think, letting your inner voice control the way that you feel versus letting it say, all right, yeah, 
we probably could have made 10 more phone calls, but we sat around and watched a movie or something instead, you know, right. you know, and silencing it in times where, okay, I did work 12 hours today. I am truly exhausted and it's okay for me to wrap up the things I need to do and actually, you know, take a breather or enjoy some part of my life that I like that's not work. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it can, I think the other, the other thing that's really big is it can allow you to understand when you, not when you, but it can allow you to understand that you do need help. Mm. Yeah. So if we're talking about a 14 hour day and you haven't done like 12 really important things, well, maybe we should look at the budget and see if we can get an assistant, see if we right. can get somebody we can delegate to, because that's truly what a business is. You know, right. it's, it has employees, so. Right, yeah. You can't do it alone. You, you can't do it alone. There's only so much that you can do by yourself before you become overwhelmed and, yeah. and you procrastinate, like you said. Um, yeah. So what are some of the things that you do um, outside of business, outside of work that, um, that give you that, you know, that, want to keep going that you know that okay i'm taking a break this you know how do you what what do you do when you take a break yeah um i guess in that area i kind of like to call myself the jill of all trades i know that i've actually written that down before oh you're the jill of all trades when it comes to um like doing things i love hanging around my family i think that's like probably my favorite thing is my family i really love hanging around my little tribe because it's very it's very cool there's never a dull moment with any of my family members <laughs> never a dull moment it's That's pretty it. much always a good time yeah um and i love i love to travel i think travel is probably number two because travel gives me both it gives me fun and it gives me growth at the same right. time right. um i like to garden i have a garden i love that um you know, and pretty much anything else that's pretty cool. I scuba dive on occasion. It's been a while. I like water sports. Um, I enjoy talking to other people too about like business ventures. Sometimes for me, that's not really work. That can be kind of fun because <laughs> I want to see what they're doing. You know, I want to learn from them and that's fun. That's a good time. Um, so yeah, I fish too. Fishing is fun. Yeah. I like to do that kind of stuff. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, just because I know this um, about you, what about your dog? You didn't even mention Oh, him. Cosmo. I get Well, Cosmo <laughs> comes with me a lot. He's looking at me. No, Cosmo really comes with me a lot. So if I'm going to, especially within the U.S., normally he's with me. So that's funny. He's just my shadow. He's just an extension. So, yeah, Cosmo. <laughs> He God has the, around a lot. I do love the dogs. He I has do. the cutest little black dog. What <laughs> dog is it again? He is a poodle and a Lhasa Apso. Right. He's okay. a poodle. Miss. He's a Lhasa poodle. Yeah, oh, gosh. And he's so My cute. buddy. He has the biggest <laughs> personality I've ever come across on a little dog. And you know, little dogs have big personalities. But Cosmo, holy... Yeah. His... It's, yeah, his energy is really interesting. He's a I funny, love, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that dog. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you think about your goals, mm -hmm. 
Now, how do you break them down? Do you break them down in like monthly, six months? You know, what's your, what's your, your strategy to grow mm -hmm. your business and how do you implement those, those strategies? Um, so a disclaimer, I guess, would be that I'm still learning. Of course, always. Always, always. And goal setting, I think, is, is a, an interesting um, concept. If you've ever read, uh, his name is Phil, I'm going to butcher his last name, but I think it's Phil Pustiopsky. Pustiopsky? He is on YouTube and he has a free book. And I read that book and in it, it said something about goals that I'll never forget. It said that, yes, set the goals, but don't beat yourself up too much if you just don't reach them in the time that you thought you would. Mm -hmm. And that was a really powerful statement for somebody like me because I can get overwhelmed, I can overwork, and I can really beat myself up about it. Yeah, if I didn't, if I didn't sell 10 homes this month, mm -hmm. and I really expected to, and I really tried, and it didn't happen, that can be rough for me. So right. that's one thing I try to keep in mind. Um, the other thing I try to keep in mind is to look back at old goals and see where you came from. Cause that always helps, especially if you're making good progress and you know, maybe last year you were still at your job or you were still only making, you know, so a certain amount, but now you're making much more than that. Don't forget about, right. you know, some of the practices you used. And then to actually goal set, I really try to do them um, like 10, five, one year basis. Mm -hmm. And then every week I try to take a look and see, you know, how do we do? What did we do? Um, is there something that maybe I am still striving for that maybe I didn't get to, but I, 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 I could next week. Let's try and see what we do. And then, then how do we correct? How do we kind of maneuver and fix? So yeah, I set goals often for sure. Yeah. And I, I think it's important for people to hear what you're saying um, because um, there is no right answer for every single person. Right. Yeah. You have to find what works for you. And, yes. and I don't care what the gurus tell you. Um, you need to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. You can model after someone, but trying to do exactly what someone else is doing when you don't have their life experiences and their, you know, all of the back end stuff that goes, goes with it. Um, you, you have to find what works for you, which means you have to try things and be ready to say, okay, that's not going to work for me. Um, mm -hmm. and don't look at it as a failure, look at it as a learning experience. Um, sure. so I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, making sure you're doing what works for you and not beating yourself up when you yeah. don't necessarily achieve what you um, thought you would achieve. You know, um, if, if I, if I achieved everything, my 16 year old self, I should be on a beach um, right now on my own Island with a yeah. compound <laughs> and cabana boys all around me. But you know, I'm here in New Hampshire. <laughs> Living in a condo, but I'm not a failure. <laughs> so Right, yeah, and the negative, honestly, the negative thoughts, the truly negative ones, not the critical ones, but the negative ones, I feel they just can um, 
put you in a place that isn't productive anyway. So right. they're not really, it's really not needed, you know. Right. I think it's fine to analyze and critique and say, this is, you know, this is what I could do better, but to like hit yourself, you know. Right. Don't kick it off. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So when you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed and mm -hmm. what do you do? What, what are some of the ways that you get your mojo back? Mm, my mojo back. Mm. Huh, this is an interesting, this is interesting for me because it can be hard. I can get overwhelmed and stressed and all of those things quickly. So what I try to do before that even starts, <laughs> I try to prevent before I try to fix. Good. What I do is delegate. That's what I do. So that the train doesn't stop moving just because I'm not in you know, I'm not shoveling like the coal in the, you know, and right. I'm not, I'm, I am not going to let everything just crumble and stop right. just because I am feeling some kind of way that day. Um, so I like to delegate. I do. If I know I've got, let's say I know I've got a thousand calls this, this, uh, this month that I'd like to get done. And I know I'm probably not going to be able to do them all. I'll go ahead and delegate out what I can right. build the budget out, delegate what I can, what, what, and some tasks you don't really need to be doing anyway. Think about it. You don't really need to be doing that. Somebody else can do it That's and right. they can do it better than you can. And it's perfectly fine. I'm learning that I'm learning to let go and to trust and say, you know what? I'm not good at this. And even if I am, you're still doing it better. So I don't mind paying you. Come on. Right. You know, everybody's right. got, uh, they, everybody plays a great role um, in the business, in the company to make it work. Right. So I, I like to delegate. That's the first thing. And then um, mm, sometimes I need little pick-me-ups. So I'm not going to lie. I like St. John's Ward. It works mm -hmm. a lot. If you're not feeling it that day, a lot of times those little herbal things, even a tea or something like that can pick me up very quickly overnight. And it's great. Walks are great. Exercise is the best probably that's probably the best picking up for me if I'm not feeling that great and I go run it out be all right yeah. yep and being grateful that's the last one I wanted to say is being very thankful and very grateful for what I already have um, because being in a state of gratitude I find that I make more money that way yes, <laughs> yes. I'm weird, but yeah I, I do because I do. it's because it's an energy you're give, you're giving off your your energy is saying thank you for what I have. And the universe is saying, you're welcome. Here's more. Yeah. I feel, I, I completely agree with you that that is exactly how, um, it tends to go for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you said though, I want to point out, um, when you said gratitude, because people confuse like, you know, like, um, like let's say you broke your leg right and it's, it's you tell somebody oh you broke your leg and they say well at least you don't have cancer that's not being grateful that's not being gratitude that's a that's a negative spin on saying yeah. oh instead of saying oh i'm so glad you're all right right yeah nobody's you know, struggling bigger right. than somebody it's just because it's not the same. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so when you're being grateful, make sure it's true gratitude and not that, you know, 
at least I have a car. I'd like to have that Camaro, but you know, at least I have a car, you know, cause that's still a neg has a negative connotation to it. Um, and I've learned that the hard way, you know, I used to keep my car dirty all the time it, and it just never bothered me because I looked at it as just getting me from point A to point B and it, and it just mm. never bothered me at all. But then when I started doing my personal development and looking at the state of my world, my office, my bedroom, my kitchen, my, you know, and I started looking at the fact that my chaos inside was being reflected yep. in my world. Yep. And that can be a hard um, pill to swallow there. That can, it can be, it can be tough. So I commend you because that's, probably really important to you know do some reflection and see what's going on yeah because if you realize that okay and and now every friday i wash my car i go through the car wash i pick up all of the trash and everything in my car oh i love it i need to do that with yeah you strive (laughs) i gotta stay clean i like that every friday because i I love it my dogs to daycare uh-huh. So I go and I drop them off at daycare and there's a car wash right down the road. I just pull right in, wash my car and I clean out any trash. Cause you know, now that I'm doing it on a regular basis, it's hardly ever, you know, really dirty, dirty you know, and now I'm even worse. You know, when I look at people and they get in my car and they're eating something. No, don't go to that. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, I let them eat it. But whatever it is, they need to take their trash with them. Don't throw that trash on my floor. That trash does not belong to me. So you can pick, you brought it in, you take it out. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't. That level of pride is good. I think that's great to be proud of what you've got and it's okay to take care of it. Yeah, for sure. Being grateful, being 100% grateful for my little yeah. car, it's good mm-hmm. gas mileage. I, you know, I, I mean, it, it's mine. So I'm grateful for it. And I don't look yeah. at others and compare myself to others and say, oh, man, must be nice to have that car. Yeah. You know, when you're not grateful for what you have. So that's my two yeah. cents on, on gratitude because it is a very, very powerful emotion to live in, to, yeah. to, to be in. So um, I commend you for talking about delegation and letting go because control as an entrepreneur is Mm -hmm. something that we all struggle with. We all want to make sure everything is perfect and done right. Um, Yeah. But we got to let that go at some point. Yeah. And then, you know, I I've learned it from other cultures too, that letting, Mm -hmm. letting that part go. I've learned that from other, from other cultures. I'm, I'm serious. A lot of um, a lot of people that I've uh, taken courses from or that are very successful and I've read about it, some of them don't even think that way. I think I think some of that control came from is either generational or something like that. Like a lot of entrepreneurs that are successful, they were kind of taught at a young age that, I mean, try it, and if it doesn't work out, you know, you can do something different. But the the control is not actually something that is necessary because it'll work even without you trying to have like an iron, you know, grip on what you're trying to do. 
And I thought that was really, really cool how it, it, when I started thinking that way, I was like, you know what? Maybe this person can make calls. Maybe their voice doesn't sound like mine and I would prefer it to, but it works just fine and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason, Lauryn Hill's song, Everything is Everything, um, just popped into my head because um, after winter comes spring, no matter what you do, (laughs) winter's coming and after winter comes spring. So you don't really have control over the things that you think you have control over. Yeah, I will say that there is, you know, more to it. There's bigger forces at play than, you know, just what you're trying to get done. So, right. yeah, try it a little bit. Yeah. So when you when you think about your business and overall, I'm going to ask you three questions. And those questions are, who do you serve? Okay. How do you serve them? And why? do you serve them? So we're talking about uh, overall the umbrella of your business and your mission statement, so to speak. Who do you serve? How do you serve them? And why do you serve them? Okay. So um, before I start with those questions, my business really is going to be split up into the, I'll, I'll probably start another one here soon, but because the umbrella is kind of too big for one business in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and do the Airbnb side. So who do I serve? Really anyone who is interested in a little something different, expects great quality, um, and uh, who, you know, enjoys the, the Airbnb process and wants to give it a shot. That's who I serve uh, on the Airbnb side. Um, and then it was, you said, why do I serve them? Why and how? Mm -hmm. why and how how we serve them is again providing great stays making sure the cleaners that we have are really really good and they meet certain criteria and they also adhere to the things that we need done Um, that's a big part of what I do our cleaners we're we're really hard on them to be honest I have to give I have to (laughs) applaud my cleaners for having to deal with me because (laughs) I expect a certain I do I really really do I had to tell them that I had to tell one lady that I was like I really have to applaud you for dealing with me and because it's important that's awesome. our airbnbs have to be clean that's and i mean like actually clean not right. hair everywhere it's, it's gotta be yeah 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 because we're super hosts and we're super right. hosts for a reason because we keep it as clean as possible and as stocked as possible so um that's how we serve people is you know no matter which airbnb it is whether it's our one room suite that has a bathroom or an apartment or a house or whatever, we still want the same quality. Right, right. We do. And and so what would you say is your why? Why do you serve those particular people? Um I think the why is because and deep down I just feel like everybody should have an opportunity to travel. I do. I think that everybody should have the opportunity to say, I want to explore this new city. So how can I get this done? And Airbnb, hats off to them. What a fantastic opportunity. Amazing. Amazing. And for some people, travel is difficult because they can't, you know, they can't, maybe can't bring their dog. Maybe they have 
um, they can't go up a bunch of stairs. Right, right. I know people like that in my own life. So, yeah. and and yeah. hotels are expensive. They can be. Yes, they can be. Um, and if you're splitting, that's the thing about Airbnb. If you're splitting it, a lot of times it's much cheaper. Much than, cheaper. than a hotel. But we still aren't really. I don't. I don't think we're really taking back taking away from hotels because they got programs and pools and some stuff that I just do not have, but I do open up the world to a different um, type of experience. So it's. And for me, Airbnbs feel more like a home away from home, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're sleeping in a real bed, you know, you're, you're, you're in a house, you know, you're not on the sixth floor in the, hundredth room on this big you know iron building yeah airbnbs feel more personal to me and intimate Mm, and and um like i feel like i can laugh loud in an airbnb you know what i mean (laughs) versus in a hotel you're like you know if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're coming into a hotel you know that people are trying to sleep and you know but with an mm. Airbnb, it just feels more like yours. You know, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting take on it. I, I I didn't really think of it that way. You know, I like the design. I've been in some Airbnbs and I've been like, wow, this is really different. I like that for hotels too, because there's some cities, I want me a good old hotel. And sometimes you want room service, right? Right, Airbnb, right. A lot right. of them don't offer that. So it's, it's really, they really kind of work together, in my opinion, more than yeah. against each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, yeah. that's another thing that I really, I'm glad you brought up because the Airbnbs that I pick normally are, I pick because of their decor. Yeah, because it's, you're like, I want to, I want to stay there because this is like, <laughs> this so is different. Cool. I never thought about that. We went, we went um, for a trip um, to LA and um, I actually changed my arrival so that I could get this one particular Airbnb where it was all old movie theme. And there was pictures of Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe. And there was this big, huge, pink, comfy chair, but like four people could sit in it and it spun <laughs> around. It's just silly things oh, like that's that. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's so cool. And every yeah. time we walk back into the Airbnb, we would be like, oh, I love this. It's so pretty and colorful. And then mm-hmm. she had um, information about each picture, where it was taken, you know, and there's this one picture of um, Sammy Davis Jr. and um, Oh gosh, I can't think of his, um, Bing Crosby. And in the back, in the little plaque, you know, well not plaque, it's like a little information sheet. It says, yeah. look closely in the, in the crowd, you'll see a young Elvis Presley. And oh, I was like, oh, it was just ah. so cool. Yeah, and the experience can be like, exactly. this is really different for me and I'm really comfortable and I can bring on my family members. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, it, right. it offers some benefits. It's not for everybody. I'm not going to lie. Airbnb, in my opinion, is not for everyone. I think right. some I people agree. need a hotel or something. But, yeah, um, I agree. but for that uh, adventurous if you, you're a little adventure, you, you can get it, get it going. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So what would you tell um, someone who is 
really struggling with the confidence to launch a business? What would you say to them? Um, with the confidence to launch a business? Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask them why they think they want to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your motive? Is it money? Is it prestige? Is it what's going on? You know, and probably based off their answer, I would give them some advice. But I really think that just about anybody should probably start and have a company, whether they, um, you know, it depends on what you're going to use it for. But there are some serious tax benefits. There are serious credit benefits. Some lenders only lend to companies. So, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do with it. But um, I would tell them that, that there are other benefits that you just haven't been taught about yet that could really work for you. That's right. And, and never, my, you know, and the listeners are going to roll their eyes when I say this, um, <laughs> because I say it so often. Um, do not ever rely on one stream of income. Oh, you think they're going to roll their eyes at that? Why? (laughs) Because I say it so much. Because I say it so much. I'm sure they're like, yes, we know. Because it's so important for me to get it across that nothing is guaranteed. Mm. And if nothing, if you haven't learned that in the last three to four years, you have not been paying attention. Because having a good government job with benefits you can still be furloughed without pay and having a, your own small business, a brick and mortar, you can still get shut down in a pandemic. Never rely on one stream of income. You should have to multiple multiple streams of income. Somehow, Mm -hmm. some way you need to have multiple streams of income and it could be something traditional like um, investing. You know, it could be something as radical as, um, you know, making your own t-shirts, <laughs> you know, it, there's, there's many different ways. Um, and what I always say to people is the answer is always no, if you don't try. That's very true. So Kelly, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Likewise. <laughs> I, I absolutely adore the fact that you are, first of all, so young and so bright. Um, and you have so many gifts that you can share with the world. So I hope that you continue um, to let your voice be heard. Well, thank you very much for having me today. You're very welcome.